What's happening? Hey. Everybody. Hey. Manamana. Manamana. All right. There we go. Manamana. Everybody knows that one, huh? No. If you were a child of the 70s or the 80s, you know Manamana. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Okay, good deal. How's everybody doing this morning? Y'all all right? Let's pray real quick. We'll get started. I kind of feel a little lopsided here, just like a little, little lopsided. I'm just, I might have to move like five of you over here just so I can feel normal. It's the whole, it, no, no, Tom, Tom, it's, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, Tom. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. We thank you, Father, that you've given us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, the eyes of our understanding being enlightened, that we will know the hope of your calling, what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints and the exceeding greatness of your power towards us who believe according to the working of your mighty power, which you wrought in Christ when you raised him from the dead. You set him at your own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality, power, might, dominion, and every name that's ever been named in this age and that would just to come. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you, Lord, that you have done everything you could possibly do to make a way. And we appreciate you, Father, for what you do this morning. We ask that as we open our mouths that you will fill it. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Everybody doing good? Yeah. All right, let's go to Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Anybody know this one? Never heard of it. Y'all know it? Can somebody quote it for me? Sure. What, what is it? Any man, he's, that's pretty good, Michael. It's impressive. How'd you do that? It, yeah, mind power? Right. Therefore, if any man, any person, any body be in Christ... They are a new creation, new creature, new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. This right here, all this is, what, what Paul is doing in this spot right here, is Paul is beginning, beginning to open up to us who we truly 100% are. That's what he is opening up for us. That's, this, this to me is like the, it's, it's probably not the first time that it's, that it's listed in here, but this is the spot where Paul begins to say, to the church, this is who you are. All of us have some sort of identity that we have. We carry some DNA. You go on Ancestry.com. You can find out who your peoples is and where they come from and what they did and all that stuff. And we find out. We, we spend all this try, time trying to figure out who we are. Who am I? I mean, there's, there's, there's songs about it. There's books about it. There's self, self-help Tapes. Y'all remember cassette tapes that you can buy, you know, on this thing to help you figure out who you are, to find out who you are. In fact, whenever you turn 15 years old, you get a little ID, right? And that little ID gives you the right to drive a car sometimes if somebody's in a car with you, right? And then whenever you turn 16, what happens? It goes into a full on, what do we call it? You get a driver's license. And what that becomes is that becomes who you are in the kingdom of the United States or in the kingdom of Louisiana, which gives you the right to operate through the kingdom of the United States. And you begin to use this identification that you have. You have this identification card that you tote with you everywhere you go. People want to know who you are? I need to see your identification. Can you give me your ID, please? And so in the natural, it's real easy for us to figure that thing out because it's, it, you know, you, you know your height and your weight and everybody lies on their weight on that thing. <clears throat> 
your address is on there. There, there are. Um, excuse me, I gotta get a, I gotta get a, a tissue. If I don't, I'm gonna sling stuff everywhere. Anyway, <laughs> did you get that on film? Good deal. Uh, huh? That one follows me. Okay. So everywhere you go in the state of Louisiana or in the United States, and you're asked, "Hey, who are you? What happens? You pull out what? UID." You pull out your ID and you begin to declare who you are through your identification. You make a declaration of who you are. You declare through your ID, this is me and this is what I am. This scripture here is Paul's beginning to open up to you who you are in the kingdom of God. That identification, whenever it's all said and done and you breathe your last and you step over into glory and you see Jesus for the first time face to face and he says, enter in my good and favorite servant, that ID, no, you don't need it no more. Because why? Because you're no longer existing in this area and in this realm. You won't carry it with you. It only exists while you're here just to show people naturally who you are. I'm trying to show you naturally who I am. This is, this is my dress. It's where I live. Get pulled over by the police. What happened? Give me ID and your insurance. And everybody says, I don't have my insurance. I swear I paid it. But this is Paul beginning to open up, into, open up to us who we are in the kingdom of God. Because you have the kingdom of Minden. And it's, it's got a mayor that runs it. Then you've got the kingdom of Louisiana. And it's got a governor that runs it. Then you've got the kingdom of the United States. And there's a president that runs that thing. There's also a kingdom of God. That's ran by who? God. God's it. You know, he's the one that runs the whole thing. And inside that kingdom, we have an identity. Look at this thing. Oh, you, you pulled my scripture away. Let me have it back. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, now to be in Christ is a very simple transaction. I want you to be the Lord of my life. Would Jesus, will you be the Lord of my life? Yes, I'll be happy to. I died for you. Great. Man, I want you to be the Lord of my life. We come and live my heart. I'll serve the rest of my days. All right, that trans- ta- transaction takes place. When that transaction takes place, you have now entered into Christ. You have, gone, you have entered into Christ. If any person be in Christ found in him, you begin at that point to identify yourself as him. All of a sudden, everything that you used to be is what? Passed away. And behold, all things have become new. Why are they new? Paul, what are you trying to tell me? Jesus, what are you trying to say, God? I'm trying to tell you that whenever you get in Christ, when you actually say that you want Jesus to be your Lord, your entire world changes. Everything changes. It says you're a new creature. The Amplified Bible in this script, the old school Amplified, not the new school Amplified that they're trying to shove. That, that new Amplified, I don't know. But the old school Amplified, pretty, pretty good. And uh, the old school, it's called the Amplified AP, AMPC, the classic one. Yeah, I like a classic. The Amplified Bible, the classic Amplified Bible, says that you are new creation that never before existed. Right after you get born again, when you say, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life, you become something so brand new that it's never existed before until right at that moment. And since that thing's not existed until that moment, you have to begin to understand who you are and what you can do as this new creature that's been made. 
The Bible tells us the first Corinthians, first, I, didn't, I didn't give you this one. First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17, it says that if any man be joined with Christ, he's one spirit with him. Jesus himself takes the Holy Spirit and mixes you up, and I know I've said it before, but I'll say it again, mixes you up like Kool-Aid and water. He's going to come in and he's going to take his spirit and your spirit, combine them together. And now that creation is brand new. It's never existed before. So now we have to spend our days, our days getting this thing right. Y'all know what's between your ears? What's between, what's between your ears? A what? A brain, some of us. But anyway, there's, there's a brain between our ears. And that brain has to be renewed. Paul said, no, not Paul, James said, receive the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. What is my soul? My soul is my mind, my will, and my emotions. It's not my spirit. My spirit got saved whenever I asked Jesus and he put the Holy Spirit in the Kool-Aid in the water. But this thing right here has to be renewed on a consistent basis. It has to be, it has to be fed the word of God on a consistent basis. Because if you don't put the word of God in that thing, then this thing's going to start thinking funny and it ain't going to think like this thing thinks. And then you're going to start doing all kind of ignorant stuff. And next thing you know, you're way out there in left field. Jesus is going, where you at, son? What you doing? You know, your parents are looking for you. They can't find you. You're just gone. Why? Because we haven't renewed this thing. What does this thing have to be renewed for? Why does it have to do that? Because this new creature and new creation that you are, you don't understand. You don't know what your identification is because you haven't gotten renewed in your mind. We have to re- renew ourselves every day. To re- I, how many of y'all can tell me your address right now? Where you live? Y'all tell me your address right now. From memory? You mean you don't have to go to your driver's license to check and see what your address is? Why not? Because you know it. It's the same thing in the spirit. Greg, how is it that you always quote in scriptures? You must know where every scripture is. No. I know it like I know my address. I know it like I know my telephone number because that's who I am. That's me. That's where I live. That's where we stays. That's my place. Is this making sense to y'all? I got a whole lot more to say, but I'm going to hang on this for a minute. If any person be in Christ, they're a new creature that never before existed. Old things have passed away and behold, everything's become new. It's all brand new. And if we don't take time to find out what that new is, if we don't get our identification out, if we don't start to pull out, how many times have y'all heard, y'all heard Paul say that this ain't nothing but Jesus in a leather jacket, right? If you want to be in Christ, get in him right here. This is your ID in the spirit. In the spirit, I give, and it's given back to me, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Why? Because that's what I am. That's the way it's supposed to work. My God shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Why? Because that's me. That's who I am. That's who I am. We find ourselves in Him. You should know at least one or two that state who you are. Think about this. Think about this. John the Baptist 
was in the wilderness screaming a scripture that he found in Isaiah. Quoting it. And they said, who are you? And he answered them with that scripture. That's who I am. That's my identification. I am the the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. That's me. You want to know who I am? You going to know who I am? I will tell you who I am and I will tell you through God's word who I am. Jesus, he stood up. <laughs> Jesus stood up and quoted out of, the, out of Isaiah. Was it the same book, Jeff? Was the same book of Isaiah? Quoted it and said, this scripture fulfilled in your hearing today. Why? Because that's who he was. He found his identification in God's word and he knew who he was. And we have to be, we have to be settled in that and set in that. Why is it so important that we're settled in that? Because this world is terrible. This world trying to tear us down and bring us down and make us into nothing. It's terrible. But if we find out who we are, if you know who you are, it don't matter what comes your way. It don't matter what the enemy throws at you. It doesn't matter what the world throws at you. You know who you are. And you will be happy to draw a line in the sand. And stand up. And stand up. And when you've done all to stand, stand some more. Why? Because I know who I am. And I know who he is. Man. Church, we've been playing. We've been playing, y'all. We've been playing. Find out who you are. I promise you. I promise you, it's like, it's like a fingerprint. Each one of us has an identity that's separate from the other. But just as powerful, just as strong, there's an anointing that attaches itself to that identity. Whenever you find out who you are, you now tote the power of God. When you go somewhere, heaven is following you as you're stepping down the street. Heaven is behind you. It says you'll walk and you'll hear a voice from behind you. It says what? This is the way walk in it. How do you know that? Because you know who you are. You found your identity. Now there's no question of whether or not we're this or that or non-binary or whatever the heck. All that goes away. Because you wake up in the morning and go, you know who I am? You know who I am? I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. He who knew no sin became sin for me that I might become that. Jesus had no sin at all, but he became sin for me so that I could be the righteousness of God. And I have found that and I know what that is and now I can stand. Bring me something. Bring me COVID. Bring me something. Bring it here. I ain't afraid. Why not? I know who I am. Hmm. Hmm. What's this? Go to Job for me, uh, Stephen. There's a there's a movie that Michael and I were talking about earlier that I'm sure everyone has seen. Well, maybe not everyone. Called Gone with the Wind. We know this movie, Gone with the Wind, with uh, what's her name? Scarlet. Scarlett O'Hara and Rhett Butler. 
Yeah, and what was her? What was her? The boyfriend that she wanted to have as a boyfriend, but they never did work out. Ashton, Ashton, Ashley, Ashley, Ashley. She just loved old Ashley. Anyway, Michael and I were talking about this earlier. The reason why we were talking about the movie, we were trying to trace back the statement, "Well, I declare," and where that came from, and and you know what. You know, hey, we know it's in, we said, well, I declare. I declare. There's Paul Gray. What's going on, Paul? With his windblown hair today. Ain't he looking good, y'all? Scarlett O'Hara. Just, I declare, Ashley. What is his name, Ashley? I declare, Miss Scarlett, I ain't never, I ain't never birthed no baby. That's one of the lines in there. You got to watch the movie, son. So we track back this I declare. When we say I declare, that means that we are saying a fact. Well, I declare, Michael, that's some really great looking shoes right there. See, it's a fact. And so what we do when we say I declare, when we begin to declare things, these things that we are stating actually become true. And why is it that they become true? Why does that work, Greg? Because as we begin to say things, we can believe them all day long. You can believe anything you want to believe, but never say it out of your mouth. And if you keep it in your head, don't ever say it. Never comes out. The one that we used in Disciple Walk whenever I was doing this is the words, I love you. If you have a significant other or have had a significant other, You can think and believe all day long, hold hands, talk, call them on the phone, text them, IM, instant message, Snapchat, Facebook message. Yeah, we can do all that. And think in your mind that you love that person. But until the words come out of your mouth, it doesn't exist. You have to hear it and you have to say it. It has to be said and you have to hear it. It has to work for the union to take place. I mean, think about it. How do you know? How do you know? Whenever it's like, let me, let me back you up. Why is it so hard to say it when you're in that relationship? Why is it so hard to say it? The first time you say, I love you to each other. Why is that so difficult? Why is it so hard? It changes things. Why does it change things? Because you've now spoken it. Spoken it. You have declared a thing. Let's go to Job. Job, now acquaint yourself with him and be at peace. Thereby good will come to you. This is Job, I think, 22. Receive, please, instruction from his mouth. This is talking about God. And lay up his words in your heart. So hold up right here. In Job, he's saying, look. Receive instruction from what he says and put his words in your heart. Why do you need to put those words in there? Because you need to know who you are and identify yourself. It's all through the Bible. Just read it. You got to, this is Job. The oldest book in the Bible is telling you to receive his words and put them in your heart. Next scripture, verse 22. If you return to the Almighty, you will be built up. You will remove iniquity far from your tents. Keep going, 24. 
Then you will lay up your gold in the dust of the gold of earth among the stones of brooks. And 25, yes, the Almighty will be your gold and your precious silver. I think it's the next one. For then you will have your delight in the Almighty and lift up your face to God. Oh my goodness, it must be the next one. Nope, it's not that one. You will make your prayer to Him and He will heal, hear you and you will pay your vows. You will also, there it is. You will also do what? Well, I declare. I declare. I declare. Look at you. Girl, I ain't seen you in a hundred days. You doing all right? I declare. You shall what? Declare a thing. You will declare a thing and what's going to happen when you declare that thing? Talk to me, church. What's going to happen? It'll be what? It'll be established for you. You mean to say that I could say something out of my mouth? Oh, I declare. I could say that out of my mouth, and next thing you know, that thing that I said will start to be established for me. Is that what this is saying? Am I reading this right? Am I reading this right? You will also declare a thing. It already told you to return to Him. Get up in there. Return to Him. Get in His presence. Get His Word in your heart. And then, then, once you get His Word in your heart, it's down in there, out of the abundance of the heart, what happens to the mouth? It's going to what? Speak. That mouth is going to let out what's in it. And as you begin to speak His Word out of your mouth, and you begin to declare these things on this earth, it will be established for you and He'll shine on your way. Everywhere you go, every place your foot be stepped, you'd be blessed. Why? Because I'm declaring this stuff. Spirit of God's with me. I got a covenant. I have a relationship with him. Now I can walk this earth knowing and being confident that God is with me. You will also declare a thing and it will be established for you so light will shine on your ways. How many of y'all want light to shine on your way? Wouldn't it be nice to have some light on your ways? Wouldn't it be nice to know what tomorrow is going to bring? Wouldn't it be nice to know that the step that I'm taking is the right step? Wouldn't it be Wouldn't it nice to know that there's an obstacle in the way and i got to kind of go around it? Wouldn't it be nice for light to shine on your ways? Wouldn't that be great? So let's start declaring some stuff. Why don't we start saying who we are in Christ? Why don't we say, I dare you to say, I dare you to get up in the morning, look yourself in the mirror and say, you are the righteousness of God in Christ. I dare you. I dare you. You do that thing and begin to declare who you are and his light will shine on your ways. There won't be any obstacle that you cannot overcome. You'll be like Peter walking on the water. Every obstacle that's keeping you from Jesus and where you need to be in Jesus, every obstacle you'll just walk right over it. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their street. They'll mount up with wings like eagles. Why? Because those eagles lock their wings and they fly right over all the problems. They soar over all the problems. Oh, man. (laughs) Man, Paul, I still think your hair looks good. I declare. Look, if you don't have enough courage to tell yourself who you are, you'll never be able to tell the devil to get back. If you don't have enough courage... To tell yourself who you are and admit that you believe that Jesus actually switched places with you and gave you his righteousness. If you're not willing to accept that and tell yourself that's who you are, the devil will run you over every time. Every time. He will take and steal and take and steal and destroy. Why? You don't know who you are. 
You don't know what's your right. You don't know who you are, and you're not declaring it, and there ain't no light in the situation. Dang, y'all done got quiet on me now. You shall declare a thing, and it will be established. Do I have a... See the first or second Corinthians uh, chapter four verse thirteen, or is it chapter three verse fourteen? Yeah, throw that one up there. There it is, four thirteen. Look at that. Check this out. This is Paul talking to the church at Corinth. He says, "And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak." There is a spirit of faith that makes its way and meanders its way from Genesis to the maps. There is a spirit of faith that has to be caught. It cannot be taught. It is something that you have to catch on to. And the, the only way to find this thing is to realize who you are in Christ and begin to say those things out of your mouth. That is the spirit of faith. The spirit of faith has an attitude about it. It has this knowing about it. It knows something, so it says something, and that thing that it says comes to pass and starts to get established for them every single time. We having the same spirit of faith. Same as who? All the forefathers before. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Jesus. You do know that Jesus had to walk this earth like a man. I think it's Philippians, what, 2, where he says he laid down his, his glory and became like us. I mean, he didn't start in Bethlehem, but he was born as a man in Bethlehem. And he had to walk this earth using his faith. He had to find out who he was. He had to believe who he was and begin to say who he was in front of people. He had to have courage to do that. And then he, he began to walk by faith and operate in faith. Go to Mark eleven twenty two. This uh, this this portion of the scripture right here in Mark. Mark's telling the story of Jesus prior to this getting here. Jesus spoke to a fig tree and told it that let no man eat fruit of you ever again because the fig tree was supposed to have. It looked like because the leaves it looked like it should have fruit, but it didn't. So he said, let no man eat of you ever again. Then he went and turned over to the money changers. Y'all remember the story? He turned it over, made a whip, drove everybody to my, my father's house to be a house of prayer. This is on the way back from that. And Peter says, Lord, look, the, the fig tree that you, that you cursed is dried up from the root. And this is Jesus' response. So Jesus answered to him and, and said, have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, he who says to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast in the sea, and doesn't doubt in his heart, but believes that the things that he will say will come to pass, he'll have whatever he says. Therefore, whatever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you'll receive them, and you shall have them. Jesus just took his time, stopped with the disciples and said, this is faith and this is how it works. Let me show you what I do. It's not like Peter said, look, that thing, that, that, that fruit tree that you, that you spoke to, it, it dried up from the roots. And Jesus, it wasn't like Jesus looked over and said, well, look, that's a, <laughs> that's, a, uh, that's a Jesus move, right? That's a Jesus move. That's a special power that I got. Don't try that because you blow your lips right off your mouth. Don't do that. You better not. That is a Jesus and God thing. That's it. That's a God thing. You can't do it. It's not how he answered him. He said, have faith in God. 
have faith in God. And then he points at a mountain and says, if you say to that mountain, be, you move from here to there, it'll do it. All it takes is an understanding of who you are and what you have. That's why he said, whatever things you desire, believe that you, when you pray, whatever things you desire, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. It doesn't say whatever things that you ask, excuse me, ask, uh, desire is in uh, the King James. Whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you, ha- you shall have them. There's a reason why he used receive right here. There's a 100% reason why he used receive right here. Jesus on his last day on earth as a man, before he was resurrected, what was one of the last things that came out of his mouth? It is finished. All the work for thousands of years, from the time of Adam, the first Adam, to the second Adam, giving himself on the cross, All those years, the culmination of all the bloodlines that had to be wound up to get him on this earth. All the power of heaven comes and points at this one place. It's such a big, big deal that it split time right in half. At that culmination, he says what? It is finished. What's finished, Jesus? Everything. Everything. He ain't in heaven working. The Bible says he who sits in the heavens laughs. He's up there laughing. Because he knows that the full, complete work is done and has been done. Not only for him and for the folks that are already, but for you and I. It's completed for everybody on the earth that could ever live. Every person that ever has lived and every person that ever will live has a complete and finished life right here. And so now he's saying, whatever things you desire, believe that you've received them. What what does this mean? What are you trying to say, Greg? I'm trying to say that everything is already provided. You just got to receive it. It's like a present under the Christmas tree. It's yours. You just haven't opened it yet. You haven't opened the box. Open the box and see what's inside. You don't have to wait till Christmas. There's not a little tag on there that says, wait till Christmas. It's not, no. Open it now. Get into the gift. Get into into the box of goodies that Jesus left for you. Get in here and start finding out what's yours and start to believe that you receive it. It doesn't say whatever things you desire, ask God and let God get it done for you. Whatever things that you ask when you pray... Pray really hard and really long and have a whole lot of people help you with it. Right? Whatever things that you ask when you pray, believe that God will do it and it'll happen. Is that what it says? And how many of us are guilty of that one? Oh, God's going to do it. No, it don't say that. It don't say that God's going to do it. God already has done it. He did it 2,000 years ago. Whenever Jesus said, it's finished, he meant all your problems. Every worry, desire, pain, suffering dealt with. He took them to the cross, carried them like a mule up there so you don't have to. He toted them. 
You ain't got to. I, I didn't give you all this one, but I think I'm going to go to Isaiah 53 to stop, okay? And I'll tell you where I want to be. He toted all of it to the cross for you. Whoo. I'm going to get there, y'all. I'm getting there. Is this sticking? We good? All right. Okay, let's go to Isaiah 53, and we're going to start at verse 4, and I'm going to go really fast. Okay, surely he's borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. This is talking about Jesus taking stuff to the cross. He didn't go up there naked. He carried everything with him. He took it all. Carried our sorrows, yet we have seen him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. Man, he was, what? Say that, put that back. What would that say? We esteemed him as what? Stricken. Smitten by God, which means to slap hardly. And afflicted, which means to be sick. You ever been afflicted with a disease? Right there. He had it on him. Next one. But he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. We call this the great exchange. Sickness, disease, poverty, lack, hurt, pain, suffering, him. Affliction, him. Good Lord's going to get you, boy. No, because Jesus took it. He was smitten of God. Slapped. Just think about that for a minute. Just think about that. The Son of God already up on a cross that he did not deserve, and then he got slapped by. He got slapped, kicking them while they're down. Anyway, and by his stripes we are healed. Uh, Verse 6, and we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid upon him the what? The iniquity of us all. He put it all on him. Verse 7, he was oppressed, he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was, a lamb, he was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. Why didn't he open his mouth? It's so that today you can. He kept his mouth shut. He didn't call down legions of angels because he could. When they came to get him, They said, who's Jesus? And he said, I am. And the soldiers fell down when he opened his mouth. All he had to do was open his mouth and say, I'm through with this. I want down. And it had been done. But he didn't open his mouth. He didn't speak. He had showed them all the way up to this point. This is what you do. He read in Job that you declare a thing and it will be established for you. He knew how the process worked. So he did not open his mouth so that we can today. We can now declare everything that is in us, in Christ, in him, in God. We can open up our mouth and start to establish things on this earth and see light shine everywhere that we go because he stayed quiet. He stayed quiet. Who? thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You can now open your mouth and say, I confess Jesus as the Lord of my life and I'm born again because he didn't say a word. He took it. He opened not his mouth. This is the great exchange. By his stripes we're healed. 
chastisement for our peace was upon him. So we got peace because he got chastised. We got healing because he got wounded. He got stripes. We got freed up from iniquity because he carried it. He was smitten by God. And we can open our mouths because he kept shut. I triple dog dare you to open your Bible. Find three scriptures that relate to you. And begin to tell yourself that's who you are. And watch things be established left, right, everywhere you go. You won't even have to seek after blessings. The Bible says that they will chase you down in Deuteronomy. That they will come hunting you down. Why? Because you're established in him. You know who you are. The lines are drawn. You'll find out that life becomes real simple and easy. Why? Because you know him. And you know who you are. And you walk in it. And you open your mouth. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ today. la ti da and go walk it through Walmart when you got the first, you know, the first space was there whenever you pulled up. For some reason, it was just open. You ain't got to walk nearly as far. And the people at Walmart that actually work there, they're being like super nice to you. You got a McDonald's and your food is, is just great. You find yourself in Brookshire's and you don't quite have enough cash in your account and the person behind you says, I got it. Next thing you know, you find yourself doing the same thing back. Then a car note gets paid out of nowhere and you don't know how that happened. And so you do the same thing back. Next thing you know, somebody's giving you a home, a house. The Bible says that we, we shall have goodly houses, plural, more than one, is what the Bible says. Now, if you only want to have one because that's all you want, that's great. But the Bible says you can have plural, more than one. See, you get in there and you start realizing what you got and who you are. You might get a little cocky. I remember a story, and then I'm going to quit. Jerry Savelle, I think it's Jerry Savelle that tells this story. I can't remember. See the Jerry Savelle, Mark Hankins, uh, one of those cats. Somebody, pick one. Joyce Meyer, I don't know. Who? Joel Gray? Yeah, Joel Gray. I can't remember exactly who. Yeah. But anyway, they tell this story. Yeah. They tell this story about the first time they heard Kenneth Copeland preach. They go to a church. Kenneth Copeland's not the Kenneth Copeland of today. We're talking about Kenneth Copeland back in the late 70s, early 80s. Didn't nobody know who he was. He's preaching in a bunch of little churches in East Texas, West Texas. He's just trying to get the word out as best he possibly can. And the guy said that he was told, hey, you need to go hear this new preacher. His name's Kenneth Copeland. Let's go see about him. So he goes and he sits in the back of the church. He said, I sat down and I started to listen to this little short guy in the front walking around cocky talking about who he was and what he had in Christ and that, that he, could, he could do this and he was doing that and just being real cocky. He said, man, I stood up to leave. And he said, as soon as he stood up to leave, the Holy Ghost said, sit down, shut up, and listen. Why? Because that little man right there figured out who he was in Christ and began to declare it and look at where Kenneth Copeland is today. You want to talk about somebody who's got goodly houses? He got some houses and some planes and some trucks and some horses and cows. And 
But that's not what it's all about is having stuff. That's just a benefit and a fruit that comes off of knowing who you are in Christ. You can't help but have things. Why? Because that's the way the covenant was built. God made a deal through Jesus for you. There's a deal that's been struck. There's a covenant. There's blood that's been shed. It's a blood covenant. And that thing was laid out for your benefit. And if you walk in it, all of the benefits of the covenant attach themselves to you whether you like it or not. If you want to be sick, you can try real hard to be sick, but you're going to be healthy. You want to be poor, you can try very hard to be poor, but you're going you're gonna to be rich. You can try real hard to be depressed, but you're going to be happy. Why? Because you know who you are and you're declaring that thing, right? Let's stand. I've kept you all longer than I should. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Lift your hands. Let's receive from God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. We receive from you, Lord, all that we need, all that we want. We believe that we receive right now. Just whatever that, there's a specific thing. Everybody has a specific thing. Let's just, let's not ask him to fix it. Let's not ask him to do anything for it. Let's just believe that we receive right now. We believe it, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we receive it because we know that it's done. We know that it's done. We call it done. Thank you, Lord. We receive the work that's already happened. We receive it right now, and we call it done. It's over, and it's finished as of today. And we believe you for it. We're going to walk in the light of it in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. If y'all need